0: From the UCLA Labor Center and KPFK, this is Rework. I'm Sabah Wahid. And I'm
1: Vina Humpapour. You better
0: listen, my brother, because if you do, you can hear. their voices still calling from across the year
2: dear friends welcome to the labor radio podcast network series highlighting the work of our members the growing network of over 80 shows in five countries serves as a one-stop shop for audiences looking for labor content and as a resource for labor broadcasters podcasters and content producers my name is evan pap and i produce empathy media labs podcasts on labor political economy arts and culture and we're a proud member of the labor radio podcast network today i'm speaking with sabo ahid and Bina hampapur who co-hosts Rework, which is a women-led radio show and podcast that spotlights the voices of workers, immigrants, and people of color in partnership with the UCLA Labor Center. Rework also trains community producers and students in multimedia story production and includes curriculum and educational tools that use stories to learn about work. So happy to talk to you both. Uh, Could one of you begin by introducing yourself, where you grew up, and what got you interested in labor issues?
0: Thanks, Evan. Nice to be on your show. Uh, So my name is Sabah Wahid, and I grew up in Los Angeles um, and, you know, spent some time in the Bay Area and made it to New York, which is really where I got activated into the labor world. Um, When I was out there, I actually had a background in kind of literature and the soft social sciences um, and you know, was interested in things like marketing and publishing and not necessarily labor. Um, But when I got to New York, I met some folks in um, the taxi union out there, like the the Taxi Worker Center and the, the National, well, the Taxi Workers Alliance. And I started volunteering with them to basically design their newsletter called Shift Change. Um, and this was like 1999, total like old school. When you would have the like actual little, like newspapers that they would lo- they would leave at the taxi stands and at like you know the the uh, hole in the wall places where drivers would go to eat. And I would show up at like 10 a.m. 10 p.m. because you know that's when most of the taxi folks were working. And then work till like two three in the morning designing. Um, and it was really amazing. You know it was it, that was what I brought, that was my skill set. Um, that was my interest, which was very much storytelling. Um, and from there, I actually didn't expect to be a uh, kind of a labor researcher. Um, but what happened at 9/11 happened around that, you know, within a couple of years. And one of my first research projects ended up going back to the Taxi Workers Alliance, um, or actually they came to me. And they're like, let's do this research project about the impact of um, 9-11 on drivers and getting them FEMA aid. And it was one of my first research projects. It, to me, like it suddenly made sense what, what it meant to have community-based worker-led research. Um, and that kind of shaped how I became a researcher. And also you know kind of always coupling with it, like how research and media could be tools for storytelling especially of stories of workers and workers being able to tell those stories themselves.
2: Very cool, very cool. And Vienna, what about you?
1: Um, I also grew up in Los Angeles and I found myself back here uh, when I started graduate school in anthropology at UCLA. I finished my PhD in sociocultural anthropology a few years ago and um, my Field site while I was doing my degree was out in New York working with South Asian immigrants and their children, focusing um, on how race, immigration, education, and policing kind of all inform each other in post 911 America. And while I was out there, I um, got involved with doing communications and film work with an organization called DRUM, which works with it's a multi generational multi-generational South Asian organization. So um, I started to find myself really enjoying that work and thinking about going outside of academia when I graduated. And so after I finished my field work there, I was back in LA finishing up my dissertation. Uh, I was also creating um, different documentary films, just like out of personal interest and then also for advocacy purposes and then when i graduated a job in communications opened up at the ucla labor center and so i work on the communications team now and rework was actually founded by saba and our former director of communications stephanie ritopper and you know saba asked me if i would be interested in working on the show with her and i was really excited cuz it brought together sort of the different aspects of my background with anthropology and interviewing who I was interested in speaking with, and then also my multimedia background. So it sort of all like came together with working on a rework.
2: So uh, just for a little background uh, on the UCL labor or UCLA Labor Center. Uh, it was started I guess from California AFL CIO and the University of California in 1964. Uh, and it was focused on labor research and education. Could you talk just a little bit about uh, what the UCLA Labor Center is currently focusing on? And um, and I, I think it's so awesome that you're working out of a university. So,
1: I guess maybe I can give like a general, um, some general information on the Labor Center, and maybe Sabah can talk about current work um, since she's our research director. So, you know, at the UCLA Labor Center, we believe that a public university belongs to the people. And I think our programs and what we offer and our research are really informed by that. And, you know, we're committed to advancing quality education and employment for everybody. And we bring together workers, students, faculty members and policy members, um, policymakers to address whatever the current critical issues are facing working people today. And Saba has um, Well, I'll let her talk about uh, our research justice model and some of the work that she's doing.
0: Thanks, Veena.
1: Yeah, I mean,
0: what are in that model, you know, it's very much partnering with worker centers and unions and developing research projects that support um, and kind of lift up the conditions that happen um, in order to inform policy and campaigns. So we've done all kinds of research, everything from you know minimum wage to scheduling practices in in retail stores. I think we also do. We've also done projects, you know, that aren't common. You know, we did. A, we just did a big study with UFCW, a binational study of over a thousand union workers, um, but LGB, about LGBTQ plus Issues in the workplaces and conditions in the workplaces.
2: And real quickly, um, just for the audience who may not be key to the lingo, UFCW is United Food Commercial Workers.
0: <laughs> Thank you. I just assume everybody knows. Um, and, you know, and last year, for example, we we uh, moved a lot of projects to think about the impact of COVID. Um, so looking at nail salons, gig workers um students we, we spend a lot of time doing having students do surveys about the experience of students as workers um, and as participants in the labor movement. Um, so basically like you know trying to think about, um, who our partners are, what are workforces that you aren't necessarily hearing stories about, or where do you need research to better like lift up the stories? Doing that then research and then bringing in the radio show to give it even kind of bring bring in the storytelling component to like uplift some of that research.
2: So for those who may not be interested or aware of labor news, why do you think unions and organized labor should be covered by the media?
0: I mean it's it's in in many in many sense like we're all workers right and so it's it's all of our stories in different ways and unions and worker centers are often at the forefront of you know workforces that are off that may be overlooked, or um, yeah that may be overlooked and so for us like even even when we were thinking about rework it wasn't to kind of put a hammer on our audience to like think about workers in a particular way it was about thinking about how we're all human and we all have shared experiences and and let's connect you know because there's often not enough conversation where we're trying to connect with each other but then let's understand that certain workers in our workforce are experiencing working conditions that are that are way worse than others, right? And, and that's what unions and worker centers are there to do. They're there to intervene, they're there to better, they're there to make those things visible. Um, and we need to be talking about those. You know, even in the in the pandemic, there are folks who got to stay home and work with security, and then there were other folks who had to keep going into the workplace and put their community, put themselves and their communities at risk. So for us, like being like being able to t- understand, you know, that we need to think about the dignity of work that there are, um, workers that are earning low wages, um, or working in exploitive conditions and um why aren't we thinking about them more or why aren't we more activated around what's happening in these different workplaces and for us both the the radio kind of work that you all are doing um the kind of work that the unions and worker centers are doing it's all to bring you know to bring that forward and you know make people understand make people act um about those conditions and demand better And if anything happened last year with like talking about essential workers like they were always essential like why did it take a pandemic for us to see that they are essential um and so and it's and it's given us a platform it's given unions a platform to really push that forward and we can't forget it um now that we understand heroes and we understand essential we can't stop there um and so using the the platforms that we have to make sure that people continue to think about workers and work conditions.
2: Well, that brings me to the next question to talk about your show, Rework. Could you talk about the process of um, starting the show and what it's about and uh, what you're looking at in 2021?
0: I'll do quickly what started and then maybe Veena can move to the other two parts of that question, but I, our show started about eight years ago, and there's this old time amazing union organizer, leader, activist, Henry Walton. Uh, and if you, you should check out, we did a we did a special interview with him. So there's a rework episode that talks about his story. Uh, 20, 20 years, he ran this show on KPFK on the Pacifica network. And he, um, basically did interviews with unions and workers um, in a in a kind of in, in an interview style. So, you know, he passed away a couple of years ago. And um, and he but before he did a couple of years before he passed away, he came to the labor center and was like, we need to keep labor on the station. You know, it's a progressive radio station, but we need a labor voice on it. We want. He thinks that you know UCLA Labor Center was the best space to do it. And so when he passed it on to us, like Bina was saying, Stephanie and I were at the labor center at the time, and we thought about it and, and decided rather than doing the interview format is to go for a storytelling format, kind of, you know, in the ways that I described earlier about thinking about stories as a way to bring the personal element and then the political element. Like once you've Kind of connected with the person then we can bring all the issues and the organizing you know as the story develops um and kind of creating story arcs and things like that so that's how it went from henry walton's labor review to rework
2: and veena yeah can you talk a little bit about uh what's going on with the show today
1: yeah um so i'll tell you a little bit about um how we format our show We meet with people and usually each interview is about two hours. We talk to people about their whole lives, you know, from childhood to what their current job is. And I think this goes with um, what we mentioned earlier about seeing workers holistically, you know, not just as workers, but parents, leaders, community members. And then we take that two hour interview and then we cut it into a 30 minute show. So it is pretty edited, we, you know, think a lot about what music we can bring in, what archival footage, um, so we're not trying to hit people over the head with uh, the points that we're trying to make, we're hoping people will connect more naturally just hearing the story of someone and what they've gone through and what they're up to. I think a lot of times in the mainstream media, immigrants and workers are portrayed as victims and I think on our show we might, you know, demonstrate that vulnerability but also their agency as well. and. Um, I think another thing that's cool about this format is it shows how different social issues intersect. So, for example, our last couple episodes, you know, just in telling these people's stories, brings together criminal justice and immigration and, you know, the presence of police surveillance in, um, you know, traditionally nurturing institutions like schools or, you know, supposed to be traditionally nurturing. So yeah, we look at people's whole lives, and then we also place them in this larger context. And this year, we are currently figuring out what our episodes will be. We do have a few episodes coming up focusing on Black women in Los Angeles. Um, Our next couple episodes will be with birth workers here in South LA. So we're still developing, you know, what the rest of the year will look like. Um, Everything is very up in the air with the pandemic and what that leads to, but um, that's what we have coming up in the pipeline next. We, um, so we are recording remotely for everyone's safety and that's just what we have to do. Um, and with our episodes, we air them on KPFK, but we also always um, release them as a podcast too, within like this started last year. So our last few episodes are all um, up on all the major podcasting platforms.
2: Awesome. And talking about the Labor Radio Podcast Network, could you talk about how you heard about it? And we're always trying to expand the network to um, provide uh, just more camaraderie and solidarity with people who want to um, start their own podcast. So could you discuss about uh, how you heard about it and uh, why you think this network is important? I can start with uh, Vina, yeah.
1: Um, I was actually going to say maybe we should start with Sabah, because she's the one who told me about it. (laughs)
0: Um, You all, so the, you all reached out to us. (laughs) So we appreciate that. Uh, And it was actually many, many years ago. um, And I don't remember who it was, but um, someone reached out to Stephanie. And she, she's all, she was also our communications director. So it was, it was, um. It was a natural fit for us to be talking <laughs> to f- other folks who are thinking about labor and radio. Um, and so from there, we, we got on your listserv and got on your meetings. And then, you know, most recently, Vina jumped in and started attending your meetings um, and participating more actively. And perhaps, Veena, you can talk about like why you think that space is important.
1: Yeah, um, Evan, I think you sort of named it when you mentioned camaraderie and solidarity. I think a lot of times I'm just like in my little closet editing away and it's really nice to talk to other people around the country and I think even internationally about their projects and what they're passionate about and what they've learned doing this work. Um, They're like such great speakers that come to our meetings and I, I feel like I'm just learning from everyone all the time about labor, but then also how to produce Uh, a radio show on podcast with COVID and all the changes that brought. It was nice to have a space where I could, you know, um, talk to people about how do we continue the radio show in this time. So that's been really great. And, you know, Sabah and I are invited to speak uh, on campus um, pretty regularly. UCLA has a labor studies program. We have a major and a lot of the students are interested in labor, interested in podcasting, interested in the arts. So it's really cool that um, the network has this great website with all the different shows uh, on there, the spotlights. So just two weeks ago, we spoke to a class and I was able to mention the website. So if students want to see what's out there beyond our show, they can go like check it out and everything is consolidated there for them. And I think that's really great.
2: Awesome. We just updated the website and uh, we're trying to make it a little more engaging and get more resources for folks on there. And same thing, like I've learned so much from people and there's the, the up and coming podcasters from places like Australia. And then there's like the grizzled veterans from San Francisco and Texas and in Judy Ansel and Kansas City Heartland Ra- Labor Radio Forum, uh, which has been on air for 30 years. Uh, it's it's just an incredible space and I've learned so much and Rework is another um, show that I, I didn't know about until I, I got involved. So I, I really appreciate all the work that you're doing too.
1: I think so. um, one more thing I wanted to add is I think we're at a really interesting moment where we're so many of us are working remotely. So I feel like that kind of expands the possibilities in terms of what can be a podcast or on the radio. So, for example, at the Labor Center, we have this other labor education series called Labor's Voice, um, where we talk to different labor leaders. And you know, it's a Zoom webinar. But then being a part of the network made me realize, like, hey, this is like a lot like um, a lot of the other labor shows out there. I just hadn't like seen it that way. So I think we're sort of in an interesting moment. Um, just with technology and um, people having more access and what can count as a podcast and what should we put out there.
2: So in closing, looking into the future of organized labor, uh, where do each one of you see opportunity and hope?
0: I mean, I, I feel like we we're in this pretty big shift change to use the name of (laughs) the taxi newsletter um i you know like there's there's just such a positive um perception of unions that we haven't seen in a real long time there are work you know new workforces that are getting organized and unionized that have never like been unionized before um, i just you know like i really feel like it's a it's been a really difficult time for workers um and i and i think that like labor unions have stepped up um and have really shown so much leadership and um just yeah really inspiring campaigns everywhere from like the you know the 4 dollar hazard pays to you know organizing childcare. this is a lot of california so like those are the campaigns we're definitely more familiar with um so it makes me really hopeful um that there are there are things moving locally and nationally that's really about thinking of workers as central and thinking about improving workplaces and thinking you know, like Vina said about workers holistically, you know, as community, as neighbors, as, you know, thinking about housing, thinking about food access, like thinking about immigration status. Um, so I, I feel like there's, there's a lot to be hopeful about.
1: Um, I think Saba put that very nicely. Uh, I guess the one thing that I would add is, I feel a lot of hope when um, I get to meet with our labor studies students. They just have so much passion for learning about social justice, but also getting involved directly. And I think that's been one thing that's really neat seeing at UCLA, how um, with the labor center, they can get directly involved in the research. They can help out with the radio show. They're learning about these issues, you know, in labor studies. And so, Um, whenever I get a chance to interact with them, I'm really heartened by seeing how much passion and curiosity they bring to this world.
0: You better listen, my brother, because if you do, you can hear their voice. Still calling from across the years. And they're crying across the ocean. They're crying across the land. And they will until we all come to understand. None of us are free. None of us are free. See the light If we don't say it's wrong Then that says it's right We got to feel for each other Let our brothers know we're here Got to get the message Send it out all loud and clear None of us are free None of us are free None of us are free If one of us is chained None of us are free to find none of us can find it on our own we got to join together spirit heart and mind